Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. And a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. Ready, set, go. Ready, set, go. Okay, so... I've got a bone to pick with you. Uh-oh. I save it for the podcast. So, <laughs> so, so I'm, I have our community okay. behind me. <laughs> All right. Go for it. Okay. So a little bit of context, folks. We are a no-shoes house. We are a no-shoes house, and we love being a no-shoes house. If you have anything to say about no-shoes houses, we will fight you over the fact that we love being a no-shoes house. But that means that we take our shoes off before we come into the house. And Marisol, I am constantly arranging and putting away your shoes. I know that you come in, but folks, she comes in like a hurricane sometimes. Like the shoes are on the floor, the bags drop, the coat's thrown over the thing. Like just put the things away when you come in and especially the shoes because then we have this like pile of shoes there nice shoes that we spend money on you just pick them up and you put them on the rack or you put them away or you organize them so we have a clean walkway going in and out of the house i would really love if you did that for me what do you want me to say right now what do i want you to say i would say first want you to (laughs) laugh acknowledge (laughs) say you're totally right i do do that and i will work at that i will get better Okay, can I tell you what I want to say? Yeah, totally. Well, the funny thing is, is like this morning I sat there and arranged all the shoes. Uh huh. Just this morning. Thank you. But I mean, but but I know. I believe me. I know. And isn't it funny when people give like it? It always happens at the time when you feel like you've put effort towards the thing. Well, I I feel like I always put effort. So he here's what I want to say. You are right. (laughs) Okay. I do. I mean, and, and, and I also don't like it because I think it looks like a hazard. And there have been many times where I've been trying to step down into the garage because there's a big step down. Yeah. And I feel like it's like a, yeah. it's like a lava yeah. zone and yeah. you have to get Crossing a, a creek. Exactly. You have like to get that. across the shoes. And I've like rolled my ankle and you know, I mean, it's dangerous yeah. what I do. And I don't do it for no reason two things like if I take my shoes off somewhere else and then I'm putting then I'm like walking in with just enough garage dirt on my toes to kind of nil the whole it's basically like the shoes come off and I come right in that house and I'm usually holding a baby and lots of bags and things like that and you wear the same shoes every day so you put your one little cute pair of new sneakers and then you set them aside. Whereas I've got like one day it's the Toms, one day it's the sandals. One, So I've got endless amounts of shoes out there. I hear that this is difficult for you. No. <laughs> well, no, what you just described, that's difficult. I mean, like you have more things to navigate in this. I recognize that. And I hate being cold. So I take my shoes off and I scurry inside and I turn the fireplace on and I get really mad. Yeah. Yeah. All that is true. <laughs> 
All that is so okay. So if I were gonna do it differently, I the bags putting away thing that feels very much like a doable. I can't just set everything down in one place. I don't know where I would set it, but like I will figure that part out. That feels like an easy thing to figure out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just I think I think the biggest thing here is sometimes when we are in routines of behavior and then somebody asks us to change it like you've asked me to change lots of things lots of things and at first it's hard because i'm so used to doing it that way and it's a it's a little bit of like a flow and like a you know that's how i do it but then i come up with new systems and pretty much those systems then get ingrained so for example you come in you don't need to enter but you can open the door and set your bags down Right. God, I do this all the time. Well, you just said, I mean, I know, but it's like when it's cold or the babies, I can't just lay the baby down. I understand. It's difficult. Okay. Again, back to the you wear the same shoes every day. This is like, (laughs) this is a, a sexist issue because if you really think about why I wear all the shoes in the world, I mean, it really always comes back down to women have to do more things to get through life. Period. I think I have become accustomed to liking my different shoes for every outfit and liking all of that. At the end of the day, it's always about like, how do my legs look in this pair of pants with this shoes or these shoes need to go with this skirt or the expectation. You know, I'm not I don't want to detract from the issue because and truly, I don't think this is this is something that needs. I want you to finish. Yeah. And I don't think it needs to be this. I'm just checking myself to make sure I'm not saying this to like backpedal out of the the clarity that I have around this. Because again, I also really like my different shoes and I like them to match, but it just comes down to all the things that women have to have and need. Like you can wear the same shoes with every outfit. Like that's just never going to be my reality. Right. I understand that. I mean, (laughs) I have three pairs of shoes in the garage and that's basically it. Plus probably a pair of flip-flops. Here's my question then. One of the things that I said is and and have said and have kind of lived by is do more than you think you have to and so because of this situation where and i fully which i apply to dishwashing and laundry and cleaning bathrooms oh you your eyes are about to roll out of your head right now well no 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 i'm i I, so it's like do more than you think you have to except for do literally everything no, 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 no. I'm sorry if it came across that way. I, I was just trying to say then, because of the situation that you just outlined with women having to navigate that, which I agree with, would it then be appropriate or even just that I just put away the shoes and not complain about it? Oh, well, that's always nice, but yeah, I mean, like, well, I mean, like, I think would it be just not just I, nice? Like, it's, it that's be- even a separate issue. It's not about justice and equality. That's even a separate issue of just like that feeling of what's mine is mine and yours is yours. Like I have 20 pairs of shoes. So if they're out and about, then it's my job to put them away. You put, bring the mayonnaise out. So I'm not going to, I'm going to let it sit on the counter and rot till you put it away. And that, that to me is just not good. That's not how you should operate in a relationship, I believe. So are we ready to move on? Cause I have another topic. Okay. Can we just talk about the elephant in the room? Yes. (laughs) Which is really a puppy in the room. Yes. Who's just, we're just basically, he's going back and forth between us trying to 
Well, he's, yeah, and he's eaten the microphone, and I'm curious how it's going to sound. So we are recording this before our Pandemic Partnership Series ends. This is, I guess we're going to be in season four. Yeah, season four. No, the Pandemic Partnership was season four. We're in, we're going to be season five. Oh, that was a full season season four totally got it yeah this is going to be in published in season five but this week is the week between because it was a 10-day period between neo being born and trouser dying and in that week and we said we were going to wait a year to get another puppy if at all i guess we knew his face (laughs) but like we said we'd wait at least a year and we tried I don't think we talked about this on the podcast but we tried to get a puppy about two months ago something like that yeah two three months ago yeah and she ran away and (laughs) within the first few days (laughs) she was very skittish and she had come from a very loving foster home that he just checked on her every day and one day I took her out to pee and she slipped off she her bolted. leash and she bolted and she was fast. I mean, like, we were chasing her in the car, but through these dangerous places and we had, we had named her Hemline. Her foster dad had called her girlfriend cause he was a single guy and that was his new girl. And we called her Hemline because we were looking for something thematic with trouser. She kind of had a lab, long, thin lab, but she kind of looked like trouser, but she was all black. When she ran away, it was like a Monday morning and we had been on the fence of like, do we really need to add something else to our life? And it was Monday morning. So we'd had kind of a sweet weekend with her and Monday morning she just bolted and we were like, this is a good indication that like, this is not how we need to be spending our Monday morning. And we, we called up her foster dad who helped us look for her for two and a half hours. She couldn't, nobody could find her anywhere. And then she just slowly walked back into the house and went and sat on the couch (laughs) and sat on the couch. And I called her foster dad and said, she's yours. Pick her up. (laughs) And they got when they saw each other, she wagged her tail for the first time that whole weekend. She wagged her tail for the first time. She kind of jumped in his lap. He rolled on the floor, on the ground outside. Let's and it was to the elephant in the room. Wait, okay. wait. Yeah. It's such a sweet story. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hey, please. <laughs> Anyways, so they re- people have loved this story, Adam. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Like, it's a heart, like, it's going to go on, like, one of those, like, heartfelt, hey, please, I'm done. (laughs) We, it's going to go on, like, one of those, like, the good movement Instagram page, because it was so sweet. Yeah. (sighs) Great. We just talked about the importance last night of storytelling and having somebody listen to a full story. You're right. I'm pi- I stand correct. I'm picking bones now. Talking about bone picking. And that, and well, it's an important fault. one. Sure. Anyways, they reunited and he chose to adopt her. So instead of rehoming her, he chose to adopt her. So then our neighbors had a really cute puppy and they were like, he's got brothers. And we thought about it for about a month. And then we made the call and we got him two days after Neo's birthday. And now Mighty Soul is in a house full of boys. Full of Full. boys. Full. And the big joke is... <laughs> well, the big joke is... You have to go back to our fertility yeah, gonna, series, say, the yeah. bathtub episode yes. when I had started my period for the, like the 45th month in a row. And I'm not kidding. It was like the 45th yeah, month in yeah. a row. And we were again not pregnant. And I said, 
the words you you said this is just a bag of dicks this is this is a feels bag like of yeah it's it feels just like bad it was bad i felt bad and now that's manifested here in your very own home <laughs> bag of dicks <laughs> <laughs> yep it's true i mean boys just haven't mattered that much to me in my life that's right i mean you know they're cute and stuff, but they're they're just so far from my understanding. <laughs> and I mean, and it's just amazing to have a son, a husband, and a boy dog. I don't know. None, none of these things I ever would have expected. And that takes us back to, um, what was the name of that episode from when we were pregnant? It was the last one of the season or second to last. Is it a boy or? Uh, girl who cares? Yeah, boy, yeah. girl who cares. So... Yeah, we have a puppy and Trouser. And he's super sweet. Gosh, he's sweet. His name's Pleat. Like the pleat on a skirt. That's right. They say that he was a Chihuahua, so Chihuahua mixed with Wiener Dog. But I, I see the Chihuahua in his face. The rest of his body, I mean, he's got long legs. Three times the size. I mean, Trouser had more dachshund legs than Pleat, and Trouser was exactly. twice Pleat's size. Exactly. Like so, those like nubby, turned out I legs, think that, short. I, think that I want to do the like the doggy DNA on Pleat okay. for this, just to just to kind of. Pleat kind of looks like Hemline, but smaller actually. Exactly. Like a lab, but thin and tall. Thin and tall. I mean, tall. Meaning like, I mean, he's still a small dog. <laughs> yeah. Tall compared to his size. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so sweet and has a face like trousers. Actually, Hemline did too. That like pit bull Labrador f- sweetness. Like the... the schnauzer. Schnauzer. No, a schnauzer is, a, a schnauzer is an actual dog. Not like a schnauzer. Not like a schnauzer. Like <laughs> a, a schnauzer. schnauzer. <laughs> Okay, the, I'm sure everyone understands exactly what we're You're talking like, about. Oh, right, oh, schnauzer. <laughs> Thank you, Neo. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Did you know that the Reading Aloud podcast has a Patreon account? That's right. When you support this podcast through Patreon, you become part of our Reading Aloud family, and we love our family members. At its core, this podcast is about providing insight and conversations that support and inspire our listeners to deepen their relationships and build community through conversation. Every week, we receive meaningful feedback on how the Reading Aloud podcast has supported someone through a challenging time, and now we need your support to keep that going. Your Patreon commitment not only provides you with curated, fun, and interactive bonus content, it helps us cover the many costs of producing a podcast. Check out our Patreon link in the show notes and see which level you can commit to. And know that we thank you so much for both your listening support as well as your financial support. Now let's get back to today's conversation. Well, let's talk about where we're at. I mean, we, you know, we'll, maybe we'll come back to Neo's birthday. Well, maybe we'll talk just a little bit about it. That we, I felt like the day that I went into labor last year was a Tuesday. He was born on a Thursday. If you haven't heard the birth story, that was the start of season three. It was the first episode and I shared our, or we shared our birth story. And it was, it was a two day process, a little more than two days. And um, of being in active labor. When that day arrived this year, I felt like I entered in, actually the weeks coming up to his birth, I felt like I kind of entered into this liminal space and very dreamlike, very much in that remembrance time. And 
you know, we were so glad to have made it to 38 weeks, 39 weeks. We were stoked because we weren't sure about that, which you can hear more in season two and three. And, and so anyways, we went on the day that he, I went into labor. We, I took him on this solo hike through the woods, walk in the woods. And we played with this little fairy house that I brought and we just had this sweet time together. And there have been maybe five times in his life that I felt really, really connected to him. Yeah. yeah. It's hard for me to say that because I feel connected to him every day, but like, you I know, know what you mean. And I think parents probably do. I mean, there's just these moments with, him and and I experience this and it's not every day but there's this like wow we are really tuned in right now it mostly happens when I'm alone with him and I think part of that is that being a first-time parent I've had a lot of nervousness about being alone with him for fear that maybe I wouldn't you know that I would get overwhelmed or not be able to take care of his needs or you know I mean it's so funny I was on a call with one of my mentors the other day and he was like it's terrible that only two people raise one baby. And I hadn't even prompted that. That was just like, he just voluntarily said that. He's like, two people raise a kid? That's not right. But, you know, his reference is like, a, it should be a village. It should be a community. Um, and, you know, you think two to one is going to be an excellent ratio. And but it's just hard. It's hard. It's very hard. So the other day we hit this, I hit this liminal space. We went on this hike. It was so sweet. And I just really spent those three days in that space of remembering of, of that time of our birth or his birth. And what is that like when you say, I think it'd be helpful for folks, like when you say in a space of remembering, like what does that mean to you and why is that important to you? Well, it's interesting, you know, when you smell something or feel something or return to a place or hit, hit an anniversary of something it, it, you know, it happens around our wedding anniversary and, you know, it's marked by the date and the, the, the emphasis on like, oh, this is the day we were married. But like, if you really tune into your body, you, you can feel that I'll have a lot of times I'll have experiences where I'll feel something and not really have a strong anniversary date. And I'll look back and, and it'll be, you know, I mean, I've had this happen up to 10 years ago and it was like a time when, and it's just a, it's like a, it's a little bit like deja vu, but it's just, it just like you go into another, another state of being and it's just, I would call it a state of remembering. And it, it actually always happens in the fall when I would go back to school. So there's this feeling that I still have, even though I don't go to school in the fall anymore and haven't for okay, 20 years, 20 this year, 20. Isn't that crazy? Well, I did go to grad school for one year. Okay. So yeah. 19. It's crazy. Um, but I started grad school in the summer, so that's that's actually different. So but that you know, that then you have this feeling of remembering of that time of getting some school supplies and the excitement of new classes and new friends and uh, yeah. yeah. I think what you're saying and speaking to is remembering is so much more than a cognitive process and it is something that our bodies go through as well. It is important, and especially when we're remembering things that were so impactful, either from a traumatic sense, so like... Oh, we don't need an example. Yeah, either from... (laughs) We all know we've been through the last few years together. Yeah, either from a traumatic sense or from a, a, you know, a joyous sense or um, 
a meaningful way and Mm -hmm. sometimes events are all three of those but it's important for the remembering to happen in the body so that the emotions the feelings of that whatever is contained the energy of it i'll call is actually processed through and i think i think you know there's lots of of really good science out there showing more and more now that we need to process that energy we need to process those emotions to be able to truly integrate them and move forward with our lives and when we're not able to do that we become stuck in in all different kinds of ways and so i think it's just a call for people to you know get out of their heads some and back into their bodies oh uh, yeah that's really important well and i i really appreciate that and i think you know the the because we all experience that of anniversaries and how it makes us feel to have an anniversary nostalgic or sad or joyful or scared, you know, that we experience those feelings again. It's just proof that that time has imprinted in our physiology. And so you're right that we need to be able to express that and moving through it. So it's not like we're wanting to quote unquote, get it out. So joy, for example, like I'm not trying to get it out that we got married or get over it. I just want to be in it. And, and I want to tell the story. And that's why we watch our wedding video every year. And that's why we will watch our birthing video video, every year. And, or periodically even because we want to be in that feeling again and, and, and like kind of connect back to it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I just want to make a note again, because I think we live in a culture and society that is so cognitive based and this has been coming up for me a lot recently in my own work and learning. We're, we're, we always are just we are we think that we can think our way out of problems. We think that we uh, it's it's all in our heads. We associate with experiences and other people. We relate to people through our our cognitive brains, and you know that's driven by a lot of things and many that we've talked about here on the podcast and but. I think we're seeing in society sometimes some detriments of that. And if we are to truly move to a world that is more beautiful and just and we build these conversations and we build these relationships, we need to begin to practice on relating to experiences, people, uh, communication through something other than just our thought processes, something other than just our head. And I think that this is a great practice for people that they can easily implement which is think about meaningful experiences in your life and then just how does ask yourself how does that feel in my body mm-hmm. how does that make me feel on my anniversary date those things are already set up for you mm-hmm. So I just want to make that point and encourage folks to to do that if you're not already doing it. And we're reading, we might have referenced this before, but we're ongoingly reading uh, as a part of an anti-racist group we're we're involved in, My Grandmother's Hands by Resma Menachem. It's all about the experience of the internalization of white supremacy in the body. Um, And, you know, he starts by talking about his grandmother and how the experiences of her life lived in her body and how she shared those experiences through story and how she rocked and soothed herself in these ways. And you think about like, it's so interesting to think about rocking babies and then uh, like the aging population also rocking in chairs and and being in that mm-hmm. soothing motion 
and you know at birth and again close to death and it's just like and then thinking about it at other times like I love to rock and it feels really good to rock back and forth and how we use that as a way to self-soothe in those times of remembrance or connect in like almost like getting into a little bit of a rhythm or trance state so we're reading about that in that book and highly recommend others read that book as well because it just talks about how whether you believe it or not you've got things going on in your body You have from generations from wherever you came from, anything that's happened historically, generationally in your lineage and lifetime and lineage in your family's lifetime and lineage that is just in your body. And so we were reading about that and, and he was talking about the same thing, you know, talking about letting those those remembrances come up, processing them through good and bad and sharing them with others. And that's what I think this podcast has been for us is a is a place to, you know, sort through our dilemmas and share that with the world and hopefully help them sort through their similar or different dilemmas. And also as a place to tell story. And yeah. like we called our tour that got truncated by the pandemic, but we called it Keep the Conversation Going. Yeah. Personally, in my life, I mean, the way I relate to this, I'm in this space where I'm in a in a real commitment. You know, my word of the year is learn. I feel like I'm in an expansive space. And one of the things that I've been trying to do more and more and more is to connect with my body and to connect with my emotions, because it's. I'm finding it as the more I'm able to do that, it's such this new avenue of growth for me. I'm like, oh, wow, I can, I, you know, I. Yeah, share more about that. I'm curious what you mean by that. Well, I think that, and thanks for asking. I mean, I think that I get so comfortable in the way that I think about things. I get so ingrained in my view of the world through, again, my like cognitive processes, how I relate, how I see people. And then as I have done more and more work to view things through how I feel about them, how I relate to them through my body, through my gut, through my senses, through my emotions, kind of your bodily emotions, you know, then you recognize that you have you just have a lot more to learn because you haven't actually developed. So it's that like almost like, yeah, it's almost like new and different languages. Yeah. You know, I've been doing a lot of leadership work. I have been mapping out my leadership story, talking about my core values, talking about my leadership purpose. And one of the ways in which I'm working on my core values and there is a way in which I can approach this work, which is very much thinking about, think, what are my core values? Think about it. And I can kind of tap into that logical aspect in my cognitive and brain. And, you know, what do I think about this? What do I think are important words to me? And then there's a process of that I've went through of saying those words and then just sitting with them. And how does that feel in my stomach? Hmm. How does that feel in my chest? Did somebody guide you to that or are you just learning to do that? I'm learning to do this on my own. I mean, um, you know, I would love for somebody to guide me through it. I'm not opposed to it, but I, I just I used it as a practice. So, you know, anybody that's done core values work, you, you typically have a list of words or there are a bunch of words and you kind of pick the ones. That speak well, to I you think it's interesting that you're saying core values and then you're like how it feels in my gut, in my bones. They're perfect. Yeah, I, like I mean, right into the center. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, that's beautiful. And, you know, different words came up for me than what I cognitively thought about. And one of the things that it's opening up for me personally is a desire to create more balance in my life by 
tapping in more to my own genius. And I think that that's intuition that I have through my head and through my thought processes. My leadership style is one of very much servanthood of of serving and of creating situations. And that's very important. And that's a beautiful foundation. And I don't want to lose that. But through understanding my body, I'm recognizing that that needs some balance because I need to implement and grow and cultivate and create more aspects of my leadership that are grounded in my truth and wisdom. I think a lot of people need to hear that because I think that we are taught to be of service to others and not everybody's taught that, but a a lot of people are taught to be of service to others and people who have that inclination will go all in, 100% all in. And it's like, whatever I can do to be of service, whatever I can do to help, whatever I can do to enhance this other person's life or lives. And you're right, there's like a, a... Uh, neglecting or abandoning of lifting up oneself and trusting that like trusting that you have something to offer that's more than just your time and talent and energy. And I really, you know, I think a lot of kind of Christian messaging is more around just being of service, a lot of messaging in the social work field and any kind of field of the, the helper field says, you know, just do for others at all costs. And I really, it's such an incredible, incredible, bleeding heart, lovely, lovely intention. And not to be dismissed, like what you are here to bring to the world, specifically you, not just what you think you should do or are told to do. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I'm continuing to learn and deepen in is this understanding that it's actually one of the best services to others that I can provide, which is to know myself, right? If I know, trust, love, myself to the best of my ability that's one of the best things that i can provide does it to make people you out in the world you make you cry a little no where's your where'd that did you get something in your eye i i just i rubbed my eye earlier <laughs> i mean it's emotional but yeah. you know maybe in the right context it could make me cry but yeah i mean i i really i really think that's the case and and we so quickly lose that mm-hmm. we so quickly lose it or we so quickly you know as as me as a person who was brought up in the very kind of servanthood leadership, serve others mentality, there's almost this unhealthy relationship and pain that that comes with knowing, trusting, and loving yourself. It's it's like, oh, I'm I'm being selfish, I'm not being because you begin to relate it with um systems, structures, people, all different types of things in the world that represent greed. and and represent oppression and you begin to relate those connections that you have with yourself with those things yes and they're not they're not loving yourself prioritizing yourself is not the same as stealing stealing, for others from others stealing somebody's land Mm -hmm. and putting them in jail Mm -hmm. you know and and believe me like i that's a deeply rooted belief of of Mm -hmm. mine that they're synonymous. Oh, mm-hmm. 100%. And I mean, I even feel myself in this moment wanting to be like, but it's a balance. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can take it too far. Mm-hmm. And that's just that emotion like coming up, mm-hmm. whether that's true or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's me wanting to context it. That's me wanting to tamper it back down by being in my body, by mm-hmm. this remembering 
that you're talking about, I'm slowly, I'm getting there. I'm a work in progress, beginning to be able to expand and open up to my true authentic power. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Well, I think that's a great place to land. Yeah. I'm so glad you're doing this work because I, I have always said that I value your generosity and your compassion and your care. And I've also always felt like you're cutting yourself short or selling yourself a little short. Yeah. And that it, there's there, I have seen that unhealthy relationship with giving, g- giving to the point where you aren't giving to yourself and or aren't receiving from others like spirit or friends or things. So the thing is, is I watch you flourish in this self-love and you're still generous. Well, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. All right. I love you, babe. I love you. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.